children well. Take time to make time, make time to be there. We can make it happen. You can tell me what Christmas is all about. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the season three finale of the Family Road Trip Podcast. I'll be home for Christmas. Wax on, wax off. Inconceivable. You never know what you're going to get. We're on a mission from God. Things have snow and mistletoe. Presents on the tree. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter in these four amazing, wonderful, fantastical fantastical couples (laughs) that we have been blessed to join in on this sojourn. Folks, we've been on the journey for seven weeks now, and what is that all about? These couples have committed themselves to doing a heroic thing. What is that? To gather together on a weekly basis to talk and pray using this awesome Live It Gathering Guide that you can find at ilovemyfamily.us. We've been encouraging them and you all along to do this. And as they've been doing it, breaking through maybe the awkwardness, the trepidation, because let's face it, most of us really didn't experience this as kids. And I know it can be organic. You know, it ought to be organic. That just naturally we have meaningful questions and conversations among those whom we love. Let me ask a question. When's the last time you actually did that? For most of us, the truth is that busyness robs us of blessedness. We don't make it happen. And so we're encouraging you and challenging you to do the same that these seven couples have been doing. And if you've been along the road trip for the last seven weeks, by the way, listen to the episodes at ilovemyfamily.us. You hear the tremendous stories of what's been happening as they've been doing this. If you've been along the way, you know the blessing that it is, the gift that it is to unwrap the beautiful gift that is our spouse and our children. And how appropriate that it is in coinciding with this great season of Advent that's leading us right around the corner into the very heart of Christ's Mass. And I want to ask you the question. Are there any presents that surpass the gift of presents? P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. Truly, what's a greater present than giving the gift of presents to one another? Come out of hiding, I'm right here beside you And I'll stay there as long as you let me Because you matter to me Simple and plain and not much to ask from somebody think about your parents, your sisters, your friends. What do you remember more? A particular gift they gave or a great conversation that you had? The relationship that was built up over time. Well, we're really about restoring culture, beginning in our own marriages and our own families by taking that time, that meaningful time to talk and pray. And you can find out more about this awesome movement at ilovemyfamily.us. Because you I want to share a family story that punctuates an important part of Advent that gears us to receiving the great gift God wants us to have. 
So in the Schleter family, we had five of our six children were cross-country runners. We were heading to a cross-country meet in Maumee Bay, a beautiful area here in the Toledo area. And uh, there was a sign along the road as we were heading there. And the sign said, road out up ahead. But I thought I knew better. So we're driving, we're driving, we're driving, one minute, five minutes down the road, and sure enough, it's a complete blockade of the road. And as we're heading back to the same place that we were on the back side of that sign that said, road out ahead, said, told you the road was out, I want to ask you the question, how many of us see a sign that informs us of something of danger or something of good in our lives, but we think we know better, like I did going down that road? We think, well, that's for someone else. Or maybe, you know, something different is going to happen here. And we find ourselves maybe down that road and needing to turn around. And it takes humility to say, you know what? I'm on the wrong road. Maybe that's with regard to the way we spend our money, how we spend our time. Maybe it's, you know, our sexuality. It could be anything that, you know, we've been doing for a long time. The signs have been there. And now is maybe the opportunity to hear God's voice, to hear the voice of John the Baptist say, repent. The word literally means to turn. It's a great time for us to consider those things and like me down the road to have the humility and say, all right, guys, I, I messed up here. I'm turning the car around and I'm heading back in the direction of safety. That's what God desires for us. So we can make way for the awesome gift of the Messiah, whose presence is truly transformative and healing. I say that beyond cliche. I say that as a testimonial, as an old guy, a 52-year-old guy, a proud husband, father of six, hundreds if not thousands of people we've worked with, this truth is embedded in our history. It's embedded in every story ever told that we are fashioned for God. And he offers us in this season the opportunity to get rid of everything else and rediscover his presence alive in our hearts. On this season finale, we're going to do a quick lightning round. They have lightning round. They have no idea what's coming, which we like. So, Steph, I'm handing it off. Okay, we're going to begin with the Grode Eyes and ladies first, as always. Are you ready, Teresa? Yes. Okay, who was your favorite elementary education teacher and why? Oh, um... This is high school. I'm going to go with high school. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mr. Cloud. Sorry. Mr. Cloud at Notre Dame Academy. He was my history teacher. Hmm. And he was the first one who made me love history. And that's what my two degrees are in. Awesome. So. Go, Mr. Cloud. Awesome. Yeah. So we got your head out of the clouds and into history. <laughs> that's bad. That's sorry. Okay. Go ahead. We that's love you, okay. Mr. Cloud. John Mark. Let's see. This might be easier. We'll see how it goes. What is your favorite thing that you would find in your refrigerator right now? I think we still have a small brick of 
Churchill's Perrysburg's holiday cheddar that they cut uh, a few weeks back. Awesome, nice. awesome. Okay, Finley's beginning with Lorna. If someone gave you a five hundred dollar gift card, Ooh. what store would it be for? I do. I'm not a shopper. Like I always go to the Goodwill. <laughs> I don't. Oh, well, I you can spend five hundred dollars at Goodwill like, if you want to totally do that. Spend okay. Awesome. At the Goodwill. Awesome. It would probably be that would because that would I would get the most bang for my buck because that's what it's all about. That's right. Although I do have a fantasy item I want to get um, for the for the lake this summer. That's about five hundred bucks. So maybe I'd just say, hey, give it to me for that. For that um, lake supply, because I, you know, so I can get that crazy. What is that item that I want? What is that item, Lorna? Oh, it's one of those big foam docks. That's a giant tube, and it's just foam, and you can lay it out, and your whole family, like you can get ten people on it, and and it just floats, and you can anchor it. So it won't float away and you can play on it. And so that's so that would be cool. Right so listeners, if anyone has one of those just Floating lying around. Feeling benevolent in this Christmas season. <laughs> yeah, let's let's give awesome. Lorna a call. Exactly. Good one. Exactly. Okay, Steve, yeah. are you Thank ready you. for this philosophical yes. moment of your day? Yes. When you take off your shoes, do you untie them first or do you just slide them off? No, I haven't untied my shoes regularly for a long time. All right, that's honest. <laughs> I just take them off. That Excellent. is honest. Okay, Blazix, Jesse, mm-hmm. you have <laughs> two free. Now stretch this a little bit. Imagine you okay. have two free hours. Would you watch a movie or read a book? I would read a book. Go, Jesse, Drew. <laughs> yes. This is such a Drew question. Yes, Who is a person currently alive that you most want to meet right now? There's a, uh, a priest called Father Wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I listen to him a lot. And uh, I just want to meet the guy. I want to go to his, uh, his uh, when he does mass one day so bad. So, Father Wolf, if you're listening right now, give us a jingle. <laughs> All right. The Waskoviches. Woo, woo. Janine, would yes. you rather never have to do dishes again or never have to clean bathrooms again? The dishes. Ooh. Ever want to do those again. And Mike is my dish boy when he's home. <laughs> dish boy, you're dish next. Dish boy. <laughs> Impressive. DB. That's awesome. Okay, Mike. Yes. A.K.A. I D- dish boy. Scrub that boy, we need some help in the kitchen. Scoop out that pig fat. Cut your finger, go get some stitches. What was your first day of your first job like? Uh, probably 14 years old. I was a caddy and uh-huh. I learned to run around and get paid very little. And, uh, I also learned how to then hang out at the halfway house and slam an extra hot dog. Yeah. Before, before the golfers were at the tee box. And probably the biggest experience I learned being a caddy was how to play spades and just hang out in the caddy shack and never actually go carry, anyone, carry anyone's bag. That's awesome. <laughs> but now you're making up for it with dishes, Dish Boy. Because the Dish Boy is the one. It's underneath that everyone. The subhuman 
Folks, we're so glad that you are with us along the ride in this season finale of the Family Road Trip Podcast. If you've been listening for seven weeks, you've heard them share the stories, number one, of just breaking through the awkwardness, challenges, maybe not having the uh, example growing up of bringing the family together for a meaningful time to talk and pray, to discover the ritual that um, is necessary to accomplish anything in life. We've talked about this. Sports or business is also important for our families. We recognize God wants home. Ecclesia domestica means domestic church. It's an occasion of encounter. It's an occasion of being forged in the character of who we are in Christ. And how does that happen? Well, it happens by coming together and discovering a holy community that is the expression of Holy Communion. I just threw a lot of words at you, but let's just kind of consider that for a second as we approach the great feast of Christ's Mass. Another awesome word that we hear often, let's break it apart, Christ's Mass. That the Holy Community, that is marriage and family, should flow from Holy Communion. Or you know what? At some point, our kids and others are going to get frustrated at this promise of this awesome thing we call the Eucharist. Yeah, sure, Jesus is present, we say to our families, but are they experiencing the delight, the joy, yes, the challenge, the stretching, the character formation that ought to be bound up in the meaning of of Jesus's very presence? Well, That grace is already conferred in the sacrament. We partake of it. You are what you eat. We partake of the Eucharist. And that kind of is an occasion for us to become Christ-like, Christian. But it's got to be lived. And if it's not lived as we hear in Scripture, it's taken away. The, the, The little that's given to us will be taken away. So we've encouraged these wonderful sojourners. And we encourage you not to let it end after this seven week if you've been joining us. And if you never have and you're intrigued and you have that question in your heart, you know, how can we make our home a place of ever deeper encounter? You're going to have to press through the storms. You're going to have to press through the the reservations, the doubts, the awkwardness, and just choose to make it happen and choose to make it sacred. And you've heard these wonderful sojourners do that through these episodes. We encourage you to go check it out at ilovemyfamily.us. So we're going to go around twice tonight. And in the first round, I'm going to ask each of our wonderful sojourners, what's been the biggest challenge for your family in doing the lit gathering over the past seven weeks? What is one prominent way you have grown personally? So let's begin with the growed eyes. Teresa. Well, I think our biggest challenge, because we, we all of our children are really young, um, just the biggest challenge is trying to get them to pay attention and not be goofy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's really it mm-hmm. for us. How have you grown personally, Teresa? I've just been really surprised by the answers that my kids give. Mm. Um, you know, as a parent, you always think you can guess what they're going to say or a, about guess what they're going to say. Um, but I've just really been shocked, especially when a kid is getting goofy and then you kind of say like, you know, cut it out or mm-hmm. you need to give a real answer. And then hearing the answer that kind of comes after the goofiness, mm-hmm. it's been, it's been really shocking. That's so. awesome. Show me who I am and who I could be. Initiate the heart within me till it opens properly. 
there is always a little bit of them waiting, you know, like is what I said good. Mm. And then, you know, we always try to mm. over affirm, over affirm any sharing that goes on. Um, and that's been something really important to me too, because I stay at home and we homeschool. And so all day is just go, 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 go. Like they're constantly in my face, constantly asking me things that I, and you know, I'm doing stuff around the house. So I'm kind of like, shoo, shoo, shoo. And so when we do come together for the lit guide, mm. it does give me an opportunity to like pause and really over, over validate, you know, like give them extra praise, give them extra attention. Slow down, start again from the beginning. I can't keep my head from spinning out of control. Is this what being vulnerable feels like? And I will try, try, try to breathe Till it turns to muscle memory I'm only steady on my knees One day I'll stand on my own two feet my family is my job, you know, and my home is my job, that I do forget to look the kids in the eye, you know, or give them a, you know, not just a like, okay, fine. But a like, yes, you know, that was a great idea. Let's, you know, do more of this or, you know, just looking them in the eye and, and telling them how special they are to me, mm-hmm. you know, or what a great answer they gave or, you're so creative, you're so passionate, you're so thoughtful, you're so mm-hmm. generous, you know? Um, Cause I do, I, it's sad, but I do forget to, to eat, that they even need that throughout the day. Show me how to struggle gracefully. Let the scaffolding inside of me be strong enough to hold this tired body up. Right. Awesome. And I think that's a danger that, um, we as stay-at-home moms or homeschooling moms have is we just assume because we're with them all day long <laughs> and all day long and all day long and yeah. um, just that that our physical presence is enough. And I know when we've had different moments of that eyeball-to-eyeball connection, as I like to say, it's I'm always saddened and ask for forgiveness um, in many ways that I've just failed to really slow down and appreciate those moments mm-hmm. and give them what they're really, that the true presence, if you will, um, of attention and affirmation. And, you know, too often we get lost and will they know that, or I'm with mm-hmm. them or, um, I'm, everything I'm doing, I'm doing for them. John Mark, what's been the biggest challenge for your family from your vantage in a prominent way you've personally grown? Um, well, obviously, it's, it was a challenge just to kind of get something like this started because it's new and it's um, just a lot to coordinate with the family. 
Um, but I, the the bigger challenge has been, I think, after we got into a little bit of the swing of it, as Teresa said, just just recognizing, you know, that we, you know, we have a lot of rapport that we need to build still with our kids. Um, you know, something like this, it, it, it can be, it can be discouraging because you, 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 you kind of go all out there and you be vulnerable and you set something up and then you do have, you know, some really difficult times with it, you know, mm. but there's the, the silver lining of something like that is that, you know, you're, you're revealing important areas maybe you didn't notice that you were lacking. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think my reflection this past couple of days has just been how, how the, the verbal courtesies of day-to-day life uh, go a long way mm-hmm. in terms of when it really comes down to it, are we as, as family members ready to talk to each other? You know, how have we treated each other with our words throughout a day so that when we sit down and we really are interested in opening ourselves up and inviting other people to open them up, how have we kind of prepared the way for that by all our little interactions throughout the day? And so, uh, you know, we've had some, we, you know, growth-wise, we've had some wonderful interactions, some wonderful conversations and things. But I've also just come away with just a lot of those bullet points I'm coming away with that I really want to work with, work on as a family, that this is sort of brought to the surface. Look around you. Look up here. Take time to make time, make time to be there. Look around, be a part. Feel for the winter, but don't have a cold heart. That was awesome. Let's go to the Finleys. Lorna, what's been a biggest challenge for your family in doing the lit gathering? What's a prominent way you have grown personally? One big challenge that I feel like um, we have is our the schedule. And, you know, I think the answer, uh, the solution to that challenge is, is actually just in the lit guide itself because you guys have it so well laid out with such accessibility that it, it really, um, it's just really easy to follow, really easy to make it your own, but it's such a great guide. Um, but still, Thank you. you have your own responsibilities <laughs> to, to get everything organized and, and the kids all sitting down and everybody on the same page. Come on, people now, smile on your brother, everybody get together, try to And uh, that can be a challenge it, for many different reasons, you know, just trying to figure out the right day and all the different personalities. When the focus gets in, in the secular, it becomes overwhelming. The reality is when you take the time to do it, there's so much fruit that comes from it. There's mm-hmm. so much goodness that comes from it that it's it's beyond worth it. It's it's all the all the challenges are worth it. Just one key unlocks them both. It's there at your I just learned so much from my 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 children, my whole family, my husband's he's awesome, you know, mm. but it's so neat to have the opportunities to have to hear your kids insight because um, 
they can make you crazy with the ridiculousness and the mm-hmm. crate and the sassiness or whatever, but they'll, they'll say these, these wise, just insightful, profound things. Teach your parents well, their children's hell will slowly go by. I personally, you know, I'm, I'm, I grow so much and just having that opportunity to to get to know them on that level, to break outside of that, the day in and day out parenting, um, pick this up, clean this up. I, you know, I love you, now go on and do this and yeah. things like right, that. But right. just sitting down and having a conversation of what better than of our Lord, you know, mm-hmm. and, and what, what he means to us and what mm-hmm. we mean to him. And, so I, I have to believe, and I know that by all of you being candid transparent and vulnerable about your challenges, past, present, and future, um, not only opens up relationship with them in a truly personal, meaningful way. It's Christic. Christ took on flesh and blood, and though he didn't have those sorts of challenges, he was God. He was very vulnerable. He's transparent. He died naked on a cross, and that's an image for all of us. When we do that appropriately, right age and all of that, to share those things, um, it, it also, I think, gives them strength when they do face that because they will face, you know, the range of issues that all of you have shared. And I know it only is going to give them strength and encouragement to know, hey, dad, mom are real. They're human. They went through this. So, no, I'm so grateful for you and sharing that and that uh, your kids, I know, are truly blessed from that. Steve, challenge with your family doing the Lit Gathering and what's a prominent way you've grown? Dealing with some of our teen attitudes, it's really helped me realize that you know, I really have to be intentional. It really paid off this last time when we had one of our sons. You know, he 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 was like, uh, "Hey, can we read through all three readings at once, and then discuss how they um, how they all tie together?" Mm. You know, so I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." And then there was a, a much better level of buy-in, and the discussion was really good at that point. One thing I wanted to point out too is. How much our little Emma has been growing through this also. This last um, lit group meeting that we did, um, when we were asking questions, it came around to her. I think it was probably like the second question we asked. And um, we kind of caught her off guard and she just answered spontaneously. Hmm. Up until that point, every time we've done this, she's, you know, like you really have to work the answer out of her. And then even then, it's like she's whispering in Lorna's ear. And uh, this time, we just had the conversation going. We asked her a question, and she just, right out it came. And oh, that was that was a big step for her. So, I mean, the growth happens. And I, I think like we, we had mentioned in one of the earlier episodes is, you know, it's like you do this, and um, you're not always sure what's going on underneath the hood. Mm. But, you know, it's work. That was Jesse, what's been the biggest challenge for your family doing the lit gathering and what's a prominent way you have grown? Well, I definitely agree with Teresa on all of the littles and Mm. trying to keep them gathered and calm and respectful of others, Um, but also just not letting like the busyness of life get in the way of that gathering. So kind of more um, looking 
we've set it on our calendar so we know when we're doing it, but kind of looking ahead at the week too to make sure that there isn't going to be something that comes up that then we miss it and then it's a new week already. Right. So of just making sure that we're setting that time for each other. Mm-hmm. And then I think one way that that I've grown is just listening more intently to the kids. Mm-hmm. So during the lit group, you know, some of their answers were really um, of what their challenges were or their gratitude or their apologies um, were kind of stood out. So then it kind of makes you want to think during the week, what could I listen more intently with them mm. and what are they willing and wanting to share, not during just the lit group. Beautiful. to ask from somebody true normally i'm a stickler like hey you got to pay attention you got to focus you got to do this i'm that i'm that kind of guy when you're watching my favorite movie and you're not paying attention i get kind of upset <laughs> so jesse did a really good job of when you know some of the kids not paying attention not really listening she kept them reading, reading the question and it made it fun i think mm-hmm. that's when they started to grow into it mm-hmm. um but I, I think that's it. The biggest challenge is just focusing and not getting upset and just making it something that we really want to do and make it fun. Awesome. What's one prominent way that you have grown, Drew? Um, I've always tried to ask questions with the kids and do different things, but it was geared towards something else. It's like fun questions. And I feel like opening up these kind of questions, like apologies and stuff, that kind of makes it um, uh, easier uh, for communication, um, throughout, throughout the week, not just that day. Mm-hmm. Um, like this quick example, I mean, with me too, I feel like I grew, um, just bringing up those questions, but the kids would respond better because they're, they're used to it. Cause we did it once a week. Mm-hmm. And I remember Avery, she did something she just came up to me. Hey, I'm sorry. I did that. Just apologize. And that's wow. something awesome. Not that she wasn't apolo- apologetic before, but I think it makes you understand that it's necessary in some circumstances to go up to the person and apologize. It'll clear the bitterness away. It can even set a prisoner free. There is no end to what its power can do. So let it go and be amazed by what you see through eyes of grace. The prisoner that it really frees is you. Forgiveness. I love both you, Jesse, and you, Drew, just the witness of it spilling over into the ordinary aspect of life. And that's what it's all about. Part of the beauty of that set aside time is to make it a natural overflow, to make it a learning of a new language of apology, of better listening, of affirmation, of asking different questions, where it really becomes 
as we like to say, not just a program, but a way of life. And that's beautiful. That's family. That's living the Trinity. And um, thank you guys both for sharing that. And now, before we get to the Waskoviches, which I just like to say that name over and over again. Is it a warm and fuzzy name? It's just fun and beautiful. Waskovich. No, before we get to them, I like to interrupt and pause people and all that stuff. And so I just need to say that um, as much as each and every single person has been a blessing, one of the coolest things for me doing this um, road trip season three podcast was finding out a really cool, wonderful connection with the Waskoviches after one of the episodes just mentioning my maiden name and a big family and then being asked the question by Mike and Janine if I had a brother named Martin. And long story short, listeners, we go way back. Family roots, almost even. Now, they were very good friends with my brother and sister-in-law in Nebraska many moons ago. And so it was just fun to kind of discover that connection um, because we already feel like kindred spirits with them. What's funnier is when uh, Janine was sharing stories about your beloved brother, Martin, you could finish You could finish what she was stating. Just with his uniqueness in every way, absolutely. But that could be its own podcast. So grateful for the blessing of just discovering that connection of um, my family with them. We got to share one more thing. When you went to coffee or breakfast with Janine last week, you showed me a very oh, unlikely yes. picture, which... <laughs> So I mentioned us that being kindred spirits. So yes, blessed to connect with Janine. And as we met up and took off our almost matching black winter long jackets, which many people have, so not a big coincidence, but we both had on the exact <laughs> same sweater. How cool is that? <laughs> and ordered the same drink. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Waskoviches. Major benefit, by the way, of being on the Family Road Trip podcast. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, you don't know what the connection might be. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. What's been the biggest challenge for your family in doing the lit gathering, Janine? Okay. Well, we're used to doing a rosary every day. And, you know, we have the bigs and the littles. So my kids are pretty used to just sitting around and and praying together. And then after that, we would talk for a while. So this, that part wasn't really hard for us. What was hard for us was the time with Mike traveling. Uh, This is a busy time of the year for him. So there were times where he was gone on Saturday. So when he's home, you know, and he's, you know, he's, tired and then the kids are different places just to find that time but we did we always found time it wasn't always the same time every week but we we figured it out most growth i would say was uh i feel like i've become more humble Mm -hmm. because i had a couple apologies there one to a sibling and then another one that were not very easy for me to Mm do and and uh so when you you know when you're humbling yourself you uh become more open and uh, to others and more understanding of others. Beautiful, beautiful. Mike. So, uh, I, I mean, everyone, I think, struggled a little bit with the time commitment. And as, as long as you're prepared, I think we got over that hurdle uh, mm. just fine. I think what I found to be a challenge was making sure that it wasn't predictable with the kids. Mm. So, like, they knew, 
hey, I have to apologize or maybe I, I need to share some challenges. And so I felt at times uh, some folks, some kids or, or, or even myself, to be honest, maybe I was rushing through. So I think you really just had to kind of like take a quick time out and, or redirect in terms of a question. Like it actually pulls you deeper into uh, what we're trying to get out of those readings or even out of the fun questions or what's happening in each of our lives. So uh, I felt like while that was a, a kind of a challenge to, to keep it real and keep it fun, but also keep it, um, keep it interesting, uh, I think we actually discovered each other and got closer. Mm. So in that, in that trial, it was actually a good thing. That's awesome. What's a particular way you have grown personally, Brother Michael? Well, well I've said this, uh, I think, a couple of times already. I'm definitely trying to put myself out there more. I uh, joined the Knights of Columbus, the local chapter, trying to recruit other future brothers, um, just spending more time um, up at church uh, and really trying to lead by example. I think I, just in, in being raised Catholic, uh, I'm not a convert. I w- I've always been around my life, uh, part of my life. It's real easy to defer to the priest or to the hierarchy if you're in Catholic school. Uh, as an adult, like in a a part of the lady, this is our church. So Mm -hmm. I need to be in there. I need to be a stone or a brick and make that wall or that structure as strong as I found it or even stronger. So I feel like by living as an example, um, whether that's very publicly, uh, where I'm putting my time and showing my wife and kids, this is an important part of uh, my journey or quietly. You know, maybe donate a little bit more time or donate a little bit more money. Really kind of be intentional about mm. where I'm putting my treasure uh, and not so much either on the devices or sports or whatever, the, all the distractions that were that surround us. Uh, but really say, you know what, God, I need to give you uh, a lot because you've given me everything. That was It's awesome. And that's from a father, folks, of eight children with a wide range of ages and the busyness that that is involved therein, having moved a number of times and now planting fairly recently in uh, the Finley area, the Huron area. With the Finleys. With the Finleys. (laughs) And I see we've we've grown so affectionately close to you, Finleys. It's now the Findley area, which is awesome. (laughs) And uh, no, for those of you, you folks who are listening out there, one of the biggest obstacles is thinking, gosh... I'm so busy. I got to work. Check. I've got kids. Check. I've got all the stuff going on. Check. And you're hearing everybody really punctuate this, but Mike, in a particular way that you make the time because you value it. That's simple. We make the time because there's of the discretionary time we have. Again, we're not talking you to compromise sleeping or eating or doing the school or doing the work, but that discretionary time. If there's anything that I could uh, urge you all to do, all of us to do, is to evaluate how much discretionary time we have Last week, calculate it. Number two, what did you choose to do with it? And number three, what difference did it make? It could be a real eye-opening experience for us to do that. And, you know, you're all sort of saying, yeah, there's the busyness and the craziness and this and that. Well, the good can rob us of the great. And, Mike, you kind of punctuated, you know, in your own personal life and live it gathering, being part of that has been an occasion of growth, an occasion of just overflowing grace with you personally and your family, which is awesome. So I love the involvement there and... Um, your comment too about it's, it's not just the priest who needs to do it, right? We have 
Someone once said that we're the co-responsibility as leaders in the mm-hmm. church. It's obviously different from a priest, but we need to let the priest be a priest. I do want to say one thing because I know I can say this to Mike, knowing him and the beautiful witness he is as husband and father in declaring the time of prayer and conversation in his own home. And then Greg used the word overflow. Yes, and overflowing into our parishes and community. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're called to do. But I want to affirm the order that he has given those priorities, Mm -hmm. because if I may be so bold, I think there are many people who struggle with that misorder, Mm -hmm. really, of priorities. Um, People who, gosh, so well-intentioned and being so involved in the church and on this committee and on that Mm -hmm. committee and leading this and leading that. In fact, I think sometimes... It robs us. It robs the time with our families. And I think the Lord somehow, like the loaves and fishes, (laughs) blesses that time when we have, you know, God first, and then our spouse and our family and our responsibilities and work, and then overflowing. And so I thank you, Mike, for that witness. Mm -hmm. And Janine, I know you were right alongside of him in what you do, but just... um, that extra overflowing, and I, I know your parish is appreciative and your community is being affected by it, but more importantly, the souls entrusted to you because you have those priorities in the right order. So thank you for that. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Folks here with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and four wonderful couples on the Road of the Family Road Trip podcast. This is the seventh week, the season finale. You can hear all the other episodes as they've grown along the way from the very first where they expressed all those fears, doubts, and reservations and the tremendous grace that has been pouring forth by simply inviting God to do what he wants to do. That's he's pushing in all the time. We're simply making that space for him to pour in. And you can find out more about that at ilovemyfamily.us. And I can't say it strongly enough. We're schleps. <laughs> okay, I am, not my wife. You know, folks, if you hear us around this Catholic station or this Catholic podcast, don't be deceived. We're not here because we've arrived. We're here because we need. We're here because we're aware that this, this space within our souls, in our minds, in our relationships, we cannot provide for. We're turning to the one who can provide and recognizing a lot of other things kind of compete for that affection. A lot of other things promise to fill that space. But honestly, just a little bit of experience, those of us who are a little older, is it filling the space? Is that thing, especially in this season of Advent, preparing for Christmas? You know, it's a season of encountering Christ's mass. But how many other things are making the promise, hey, I can fill that space inside? Has it done it? Did it do it last year? Did it do it 10 years ago? Did it do it 20 years ago? Well, how about right now, tonight, recognizing claiming, declaring that God fashioned us for this great intimacy with himself. And he desires to pour himself into us through our our marriages and in our families and in our homes. That's really what this is all about. He's the only one who can supply that need or respond to that need. So we're going to go around one more time and uh, we'll begin with the Groat Eyes. Having done this now, Groat Eyes, and by the way, folks who are listening, all of these four couples have been in it to win it from the beginning. We ask couples that are already engaged in their churches. They're already actively involved in various ministries. They all have larger families. They're very busy. They've all had powerful conversions in varying ways, shapes, and sizes. But, you know, they're already about it. So what you're hearing them say in this last seven weeks is an enhancement 
of all that they've already kind of been saying yes to do, a stirring up of the joy and delight that God wants us to have. And yes, the challenge, but in the midst of that, strengthening. So we're now going to ask them, um, you know, what encouragement do you give to other parents to put their flag in the sand in this way? Grow eyes. Well, I think, especially being people who have already committed ourselves to the church, you can have a lot of intellectual knowledge, a lot of head knowledge of what you should be doing with your family, that you should be putting your family first, that your vocation comes first. But when you're busy, <laughs> things get hectic and you have a lot of you have a lot of things to say and a lot of advice to give people. But unless someone kind of like has you committed <laughs> to doing this every Saturday, mm. it's not going to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've really appreciated, you know, even if we're like, shoot, tonight we're having people over and we have to do the lit guide, <laughs> right. you know, or like the kids are acting crazy and we still have to do the lit guide tonight. If we didn't have that, uh, for lack of a better phrase, gun to our head, you know, <laughs> right. we wouldn't have done it. And I really appreciate the fact that we were committed with a lot of other couples and we were committed, you know, to be on the radio on Monday, you know, so we had to have it done. Um, It really took our head knowledge and um, forced us to do something with it, to to act with it. So I really appreciated that. That's awesome. John, Mark, want to hear from you also your thoughts, but just throw this in there. Teresa, where is it in the process of possibly passing over from a have to to a want to? Well, I, I really want to. I really want to continue, <laughs> especially because I've noticed how many flaws it's opened up, like John Mark has been saying. Like, we really have a lot of areas where we need to be more attentive to our children. And this showed us, it really showed us that. Awesome. John Mark. After just a few weeks, our children began to be the ones with the gun to our head. <laughs> I, I think that'll Hopefully, just continue. a nerf. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that that part of it was neat to see that, you know, only after a few weeks, the kids were the ones mentioning it. Like, oh, oh this will be good for discussion night. Or you can say sorry to me when it's discussion night. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that. You know, going forward, I think the piece of the, the guide that I want to think much more on in the future is just your your admonition to make it your own. Mm. Um, you know, the this has, as Teresa has said, it's been a great sort of like... Uh, Kickstarter program to kind of push us into really getting started with it. But now I'm kind of excited to now actually with the pressure off a little bit to begin to break it into pieces a little bit Mm, and maybe linger longer on the pieces that we need more of, you know, recognizing that, you know, we really need to build the rapport more. So maybe we're going to linger a whole lot longer for a few weeks on some of the discussion questions or maybe we'll even let the kids drive those a little bit. We've gotten glimpses of what the ideal could be. We've gotten glimpses of, um, you know, so many good glimpses. And so to be able to pull those out and build on them, um, that's that's what I'm excited about. That's awesome. You know, and I think the image of CPR you know, can be a good one. The blood's there, the heart's there, but many families maybe have lost touch with that beating heart the way it ought to be. So Christ's presence resuscitation will rename the CPR. But, you know, right, once once the blood is flowing, it's not meant to be just for that moment, but it's meant to be the, the blood flowing through the whole body, the whole house, the whole 
uh, relationships among each of those members in your house. And I love that that's connecting with you. And by the way, um, this is the prominent theme of those who've been doing this a year, two, three years and more who stick with it, that it, it truly is taking territory. And uh, as the youngers become, you know, um, preteens and then teens and even young adults, we can say, Stephanie and I, you know, the blood is what carries the nutrients throughout the body. When you foster this way of relating and interacting and apologizing and a freedom to be in tune to another's heart all the time, it's an atmosphere changer. At one point, the two sons um, led and, and organized their own lit gathering every week. And we'd have 50 uh, to 60 young people gathering in our house that they would lead completely. And um, what an amazing thing for them to feel confidence, to find their voice, to have a vision for what happens when you open up the door, to learn that gift. And this is a key gift of atmosphere shifting. So when things are crazy and chaotic, it takes a parent to say, okay, guys, let's, let's, let's shift right now. You know, we're going to play the quiet game, whatever it takes. And to see that group of teenagers alone, if teens can do it, adults can do it, and youth can do it, to go from a place of craziness, world spinning us to, no, let's tune into God and let him move us to learn those skill sets, I know have been things that have profoundly blessed our children also. So, Finley's. I think that with our kids, you know, like we were saying, with the, sometimes you have that challenge and they're not always up for it. They're being sassy sour you know and every every time having the structure of the um apologies and things like that has really brought us around but you know having the accountability um it really does make it easier you know to accomplish it when you're doing it with a group have your family group but also when you have the opportunity to get together with friends and do a lit group with just a group of adults, adult couples, mm -hmm. you know, that is so powerful mm -hmm. and so awesome. And it's, it's really the fruit from doing it at all that once you experience having those moments where you light your candle and you, you're in the middle of the chaos and things are kind of going wrong and then Christ breaks through mm -hmm. and you're like, Oh, <laughs> this is why we're doing this. This is what it's all about. This mm -hmm. moment where we've had this opportunity to get this out in the open and this talked about. And, you know, it draws us all closer together as the family or, you know, as friends. And um, and what I think is really interesting moving forward, especially for us um, at this point, is for our, our children, they get, they get a little sassy about doing it, but it's not to not do it they're really thirsting to make it their own. Mm -hmm. They really, it's, it's not, I think that even came up like, do you guys just not want to be a part of this? Do you not want to do this? And it was, that was like a resounding not, that's not, that's not what we mean. Mm -hmm. It's just, they wanted it to be their own. They wanted to, and so that's exciting to move right. forward. And what does that look like? You know, what are they, what is, you know, how they will grow on their own with their friends, with whatever that draws them into in the future. It's, it's exciting to kind of just be open to what the Holy Spirit wants and to kind of stay focused in that direction. So Thank good. you. Steve, so do you have anything to add to those wise words? Yeah, I, I mean, it's just really comes down to deciding that you want to do it and doing it. It's powerful and, and yeah. punctual. Yes. Lorna, you were speaking of gathering with adults. I believe everybody listening right now, whether you've made a Crisio, Chirp, Tech, whatever, or not, and by the way, those are powerful retreats that adults can go on 
that we deeply desire to experience those kinds of cultures in our homes. And that's really what our, this movement is about. It's God's desire for us to experience our homes as custom-designed retreats for ever deeper encounter with God. I'll say it again. God desires that all of you who are listening, that our homes are that place for an ongoing retreat where the ordinary is the stuff of ongoing encounter. All that we do is an occasion of love. It's an occasion of self-sacrifice. And just to make the point that we do have events, in particular we call Mission One Retreats for adults, where you have six or seven couples for three days who go deep in this, who really experience the great delight and vision. If any of you who are listening are interested in this and you commit to it, within two months you will experience such a delight and such a joy of the possibility of even the most difficult, rambunctious circumstances that you may have in your home to see all that awesomeness transformed into an occasion of encountering God. So just uh, contact us if you're interested in one of these retreats, greg at massimpact.us. Blazics. I think when I was thinking about the what to encourage other, other parents on doing this, would be to, I mean, we, I don't know if we're the only ones, but we did get called out by my daughter that there was one week that we didn't technically do the lit guide, <laughs> but we still gathered as a family and it may have looked a little bit differently, Which is but okay. we still were, we were still there and the lit guide is amazing and it's written out for you on what to say and what to ask. And that has been really helpful just for us to get an understanding. But if there is a week, that it doesn't look the same as what the lit guide shows you, that that's okay. That it's mm-hmm. still making that commitment and sitting down with your family with a purpose and just knowing that then the next week, if you can pull it up and, and really focus on it like you did the two weeks ago, then that's great too. But it can look like your own and it doesn't have to be you know, an overwhelming type of, okay, well, I have mm-hmm. to ask all of these six questions today. <laughs> right, right. And if I don't get to it, then I'm not doing it right. Because that's not it. It's right. just about focusing on your family and sitting down and just taking it a little bit deeper conversation than what you what you normally do at the dinner table, maybe. Absolutely. That's awesome. so encouraging true. words. <laughs> no, it's great. Because yep. some people do or would get discouraged if that would happen or know that it's inevitable that it happens. So... Um, just great wisdom of encouragement there. Drew. Anytime you have scheduled events with your family, I think that builds uh, not just discipline, but it shows to the uh, people in your family what is important. So like, for example, if you watch football every day or let's say every Sunday, that to your kid is what's most important in a way. Like mm-hmm. they always look forward to it. They get excited about it. Or if you have a movie time, but if you, have a scheduled time with your family to go over uh, what's important to the family, God's word, apologizing. I think that develops um, and shows the young uh, kids what is important to the parents. And they realize that and it builds discipline. I think discipline's an mm-hmm. important key of any time you have a scheduled time of what you want to do. That's right. And they will remember it as our kids do traditions, especially around holiday times of year favorite uh, movies or practices, prayers, Advent wreath in the traditions. case of Advent, traditions that um, how awesome if our children 
If nothing else, and hopefully a lot more, but if nothing else, leave our homes with a rich memory that without fail, the family regularly gathered to apologize, to ask meaningful questions of one another's lives, to be empathetically attuned to one another. Um, powerful, powerful thing. Waskovich's. Okay, so I personalized this when I read it. Um, Good. After doing the Family Lit Guide first time, I, I noticed it was a great thing. And so I, I texted and I've shown my extended, extended family and friends the website and the guide and told them it's a, an easy way to get your family to be more Catholic and get more out of mass. Mm. Go Janine. Woo woo. Just a promise to anybody who's listening, if we just open the door to experience God alive as he wants to be experienced. Mike. So Janine's always a tough act to follow. Of course. Uh, and I don't have half the friends that she has. I just have people that, <laughs> We're your people friend, that Mike. Them. We're your friend. And Janine's All your right. friend, so you're good there. So I got three friends. That's great. <laughs> but I, you have I matching sweaters out. with your friends. I need to reach out to Drew because he likes uh, Braveheart. Braveheart, yeah. yeah. You guys can wear matching sweaters, maybe. Face paint. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. So, <laughs> For, for me, as I thought about this, um, I'm certainly proud of the effort that we've put into it. I've noticed a difference in myself and Janine and each of the kids. For Similar to what Drew said, like kind of where you put it in your schedule and your kids see that it's important. I totally agree with that. I also think I, I had to kind of step aside and think about where does this fit? So when I think of our prayer life, you know, I we as Janine said, we do a rosary. And I really believe in like hop in your car and just say a little prayer to God or mm-hmm. at, at bedtime, you know, you kind of have that go upstairs, close the door and you have that relationship. Uh, we're, we go to, to mass. And so that's a part of my life um, pretty routinely. Uh, and so I thought about this, like, you know, if not now, when, mm-hmm. and if not me, who? So like, how do we take our Catholic faith and as Stephanie put it, like really live it out. And uh, I think it's just been a really kind of simple way to kind of prepare yourself for the mass, but really prepare yourself for your everyday activities at work, mm-hmm. within your family. Uh, and it's been really easy to follow. So in terms of how it aligns that that prayer and, and that uh, in the mass uh, with your family individually, I think this was a very kind of real world, practical guide to living out your Catholic faith. So folks, there you have it again. Thank you so much for being with us. And as we conclude this wonderful season of Advent, we just encourage you to hear the words of the prophet speaking through ages past and into this present moment. From the depths of the heart of a father who loves us so deeply, you could not be separated from us, speaking to us, get rid of all that stands in the way, all the obstacles, all those things that we cling to with white knuckles that we think are going to solve the problems or, or give us comfort that time and again are just proven that they don't do what they promise to do. This moment can be that moment. That's the desire that's the heart of every desire, intimacy with our God, to know him and to know his love for us and to experience it in a special way with our spouse and with our children. The most powerful moment of intimacy you've ever had is but a shadow of what God promises for all eternity.
Until next time.